0: Warning this podcast contains no journalistic integrity welcome to the gentleman's soapbox we're going to start off today with a little bit of a re-examining of last cast. Uh, I had more than one person who I think misunderstood where we were coming from on two major points, uh, one of which I got to have a long conversation with and the other I did not. Um, So let's clear a few things up and I'm going to monologue this for a few moments and I I will give... uh, Shot an opportunity to retort afterwards, and, but I, I think he's going to be pretty close to my thought process on this one. So let's start with January 6th. I've had more than one person say that they thought we were justifying January 6th compared to, for example, the riots out west. And, and I am going to wholeheartedly disagree with that concept. January 6th sucked. I was, quite frankly, about five blocks away from the Capitol on January 6th, when it was happening, armed to the teeth, because I was afraid it was going to come through the rest of the city. Uh, Now, I will admit that those who were with me at the time would report that I had on my laptop a split screen of both CNN and Fox News, and I was laughing my brains out. Now, I was not laughing at the riot or laughing at... Uh, the violence that was going on, what I was doing was laughing at the pundits on both channels who were going, how did it come to this? Well, obviously, you idiots, it came to this because you've been stirring up people's emotions for the past few years. With that said, January 6th was a terrible thing that happened. Uh, So were the riots that happened out west. The problem that I th- that I know I have, and I think Sean's going to agree with me on this one, is not whether or not one was better or worse than the other, because I don't think you can really classify them in that fashion. It was the fact that we have so many people, both in the media as well as within our government itself, who are, depending on what side they are politically, dismissing one and vilifying the other, when really, quite frankly, it all sucked, do you disagree with me on that one? No, uh, not at all. Okay, well, then we'll move Continue. on. Yeah. Then we'll move on to part two. Part two has to do with vaccinations. And for the record, and I know Sean's going to be with me on this one, we are not anti vaxxers. I, Not in the slightest. Okay, so to to give you where my opinion comes from on this one, I'm going to give you just a little bit of my employment history, and I apologize for those who do already know this, but for those of you who don't, so you can see where I come from. my opinion. What I do for a living is I consult with physicians. Now, I will admit that these days it's primarily dermatology, cosmetic, and uh, reconstructive surgery, but I do consult with physicians on procedures that they do. Now... I have also worked in urology, OBGYN, oncology, general surgery, cardio, um, uh, excuse me, vascular surgery, as well as a few other specialties. No, I am not a physician. What I do for physicians is look go through the information and studies available on treatments, And the reason why they pay somebody like me to do this is because a lot of this information comes directly from the manufacturers. And therefore, they need someone to read between the lines of the bullshit. Uh, Part of my job is to look at the information that they give. Part of my job is to look at the information they give and and where and who it came from. Not only that, but a lot of times it's also to look at what information they don't give. And a lot of times you can tell with these medical studies... A lot of information by not only what was said, but what was not said and left out. So I'm going to make a quick run through the whole COVID thing, including the vaccinations on the information that I've read and where I thought processes on this so that we're clear. Now, the other part is so that we're clear is I am not under any circumstances giving you medical advice. I'm simply offering you an interpretation of the information that is available. So let's start with vaccines. Every adult human being out there should get vaccinated. Are there issues with the vaccines? Yes, there is issues with every medicine, medical product out there that you will use on or put in your body. There is not a perfect treatment for anything. Does it guarantee that you're not going to get the virus? No, it does not. However, it will significantly reduce the possibility of you getting the virus it will also significantly reduce the possibility of you ending up in the hospital or dying from the virus all the numbers out there both provided and unprovided support that okay the part where you can start coming into some questions is when you start dealing with younger people and under those circumstances what you really should be doing is discussing it with your pediatrician and having that conversation so, I am not anti vax. What I am is anti mandate. I have zero problem with any private organization deciding that their employees should be vaccinated. That's been going on for, well, since vaccines came out. I have no problem with a business deciding for themselves that they do not want you to come in unless you are vaccinated. That's their private property. If that's what they want, that's their business. However, Allowing the government to decide your medical future is an overreach without question. Then we'll throw in the whole concept of masking. Masking. Now, a cloth mask does absolutely nothing for you. Okay? Once again, if you do not believe me, read the package. A surgical mask will do only bacteria. Once again, read the package. A KN or N95 mask is if you truly honestly really want to be protecting yourself from the virus by wearing a mask, that is what you should and should be wearing. <laughs> the last thing we'll go for with this is now that I've completely flubbed it up is with the variants. Okay? Delta is unfortunately still out there, and Delta is a terrible sickness. If you get Delta, the likelihood of you getting sick enough to go into the hospital is higher than you would like. However, Omicron, especially if you are vaccinated, the likelihood of you going to the hospital for Omicron, or I'll rephrase, because there's a lot of people going to the hospitals with Omicron that really, quite frankly, don't need to be there. If you find yourself in the hospital with Delta, you're probably going to be very, very ill and have a very hard time with it. Omicron, quite frankly, is the flu. And here comes the part that I'm telling you is, is as much as you will have pundits who are telling you that I am wrong, you will have someone out there who hears this who will scream that I am offering misinformation and that we should never be listened to again. Everything that I told you is confirmable out there with the information that's coming from the CDC, the FDA, and all of the other government functions out there. None of this is something that is hidden. It's just not what's being said. So that is my thought process on COVID. So I hope that makes that clear so we can move past it. Got anything else to say?
1: Well, I think the for me, I I agree with all of that. Uh, the the part that I think I violently object to, uh, with or, or really resent the shit out of, is when you come to the part where it does lessen the effects of and reduce your risk of hospitalization. The the vaccine does, or uh, you know the the jab, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the part that I mind is one when they force it on you by telling you it's a vaccine that will stop the transmission. It doesn't. Uh, there are plenty of people out there um, that that have gotten vaccinated uh, with Pfizer, with Moderna, with you know whatever it is, and they wind up getting COVID. Now, does it reduce the hospitalization? As you were saying, yes. Yes, it does. It's been proven to do that. Does it reduce the severity? Yes, it's been proven to do that. But tell people that. Don't tell them that, you know, it's to stop the spread. It's not. You, you've you missed that wagon. But the, the problem and in, in the, the, the issue I have with the current administration and the way that they're playing it is they refuse to move with the data. They cannot be seen, at least admitting that they were wrong about a particular point of data with this. And I find that wildly hypocritical, hypocritical especially since you have Fauci out there and all his emails coming out recently that he not only tried to manipulate the uh, narrative and successfully did for a very long period of time, so much so that even the mention uh, that this whole thing was not naturally occurring got you banned from social media and canceled uh, a year and a half ago. Yet now, not only is it a plausible theory, it seems to be all the evidence seems to be pointing to that's exactly what happened. Well, uh,
0: unless you're a senator saying that, in which case, Val, he'll just call you a moron.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so his he hasn't, you know, and, and that's his his tactic is just deny, just deny and and shift, right? Pivot and deny. And because he he can't come with any data, he can't come with any real uh, uh, excuse why this is happening, because he did do it. And, and that's part of the, the, the whole thing that really gets me upset. It's that they're lying about. What's actually happening so much that I don't think they realize how much and how stupid they sound at the minute. Well, Um, if
0: they they really honestly did understand how stupid they sounded at the minute, what they would be doing was, quite frankly, firing Dr. Fauci and moving on. Even if he was 100 percent correct at this point in time, just the sheer lack of confidence they have that the American people have in him makes him about as ineffectual as humanly possible. Uh, the other part that they're doing right now is, and it kind of went into my in, uh, investigation before I did my little monologue before all of this, which was, if you look at the numbers that the CDC is putting out, what you'll find out is, yes, the Omicron cases are skyrocketing. Everybody's going to get it. However, the hospitalization and death of those are dropping dramatically. Yeah. So the idea that we need to freak out because there's more cases is quite frankly a fallacy.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're they're concentrating on a very, very singular data point. And that part of it is the part that I think upsets me. It's like, look, you know, let's get a whole picture of this. That way we can better understand what we're supposed to be doing. And and correctly moving forward as a society. And that's not what's happening right now. Um, I do believe that the vaccine lessens the effect and protects you in uh, uh, for hospitalization and, and or at least gross hospitalization and all that. Yes, absolutely.
0: And there are, and, and let's also be clear, there are side effects that some people are having with regards to the vaccine, but that happens with every medical treatment out there.
1: Yeah. I the mean, other part
0: I... about it is, is that once again, going with the numbers that are provided, you are much more likely to have a, to be, if you're unvaccinated to get COVID and have a dramatically negative outcome than you are, if you are vaccinated to get a side effect from the vaccine. If you just look at the numbers, if you're an adult, you should take the vaccine. However, I also agree with you. Calling it a vaccine is kind of a misnomer. It is preventative medicine, and what you're yeah, talking it's about
1: preventative is- medicine. But a vaccine, I think, entails a very specific outcome, and that's and that's really the semantics of of why we're all getting tripped up, as far as I'm concerned. Call. The thing what it is you know it is preventative medicine it is an effective treatment for lessening the effects and saving lives do i believe that absolutely
0: and they offer quite frankly very very similar treatments to the vaccine to people with uh hiv or not only with hiv but people who are in relationships with people with hiv
1: and i like call it that you know Call it preventative medicine. Say this will lessen the effect and you won't die. You know, like most of the time you won't die. This will lessen the effects. If you were, if you you might have had a hospital stay, this might make it so you don't have a hospital stay. And it's just a crappy flu for a couple of days or a week or whatever it is. Okay. That's worth standing in line and taking the damn shot for. I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is the weaponization and the political nature of, of the rhetoric that goes around around it and mr i am science is really <laughs> ruining it you know mr science himself uh, is really ruining the credibility of not only the medical field but the uh, administration both this and future administrations ability to effectively manage a pandemic level crisis in uh, in effect, because the next time that goes that we go through this, we're not going to believe them. Because of all this shit. So to me, it's incredible. They're they're playing with the future and they're gambling with all our lives to make it look like it's somebody else's fault. And, and, the, and the that's one, the part that and pisses the me off. About
0: it is is let's give a few benefits of the doubt here. Let's say that for the benefit of the doubt and even give Fauci just a little bit of wiggle room and say that a lot of the shit he came up with had to do with fighting against the orange man. Okay, the orange man stood up there and said so many out of whack, messed up, awful things in regards to the way he was trying desperately to communicate what was going on with covid that he screwed everything up, and you had this guy, Fauci... Let's just say for a moment, for argument's sake, that he was a, uh, an honest player in the whole thing, and he's trying desperately to get a handle of the, on the orange man.
1: That's a long stretch for me, but okay. Okay,
0: but, but let's let's give him that benefit of the doubt. Once the orange man was gone, I think if he had taken a step back at that point in time and said... The message has been screwed up. The orange man did it to us. You could have even blamed it on the orange man. The orange man did it to us. The message is screwed up. Let's start over, remessage everything. And I'm saying not just saying this behind the scenes. I'm saying saying this to the American people. The message has been screwed up. Let's start from the beginning with the message, and let's fight this thing and do it right. I think as as much as there would have been orange man uh, fans who would have screamed and yelled and hollered, I still think that at least 75% of the, of the U.S. Popul- population would have gone with him on that
1: probably well i mean you've got a a significant portion of the the population who still refuse to believe he had any he's as innocent as the pure driven snow so i but but at the same time you you would
0: have gotten more people to come along and not only that you could have gotten the correct message out there versus at that point in time what he did what biden did what everybody did was to double down on the
1: bullshit i am science yeah okay yeah
0: they 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 had every capability at that point in time to point the finger at somebody. In the worst part of it is they didn't even have to take the blame for it. They no. had at that point in time the ability to point the finger at somebody else and say it was the orange man's fault. All of the bullshit was the orange man's fault. They could have basically been standing there with bullshit in their hands and saying it was the orange man's fault. And they could have gotten away with it. And they could have turned it around right then and there, but they doubled down on the bullshit.
1: And continue to, quite honestly. I mean, it's it's so bad that the sand is kind of shifting under their feet a little bit and they refuse to admit they're even standing on sand. Uh, There's there's a lot of of political manipulations going on right now at a a staggering level, you know, so high up the chain uh, that it's. It's unbelievable that they're still like lying straight faced into a camera telling you and that's the part I really ups- that it really upsets me. It's like look, you're busted. <laughs> tell us, just tell us you're busted, you know, like we we got you. We got the emails. We we know what you did.
0: Well, and and, and and here comes the part where I'm starting to get a little bit frustrated. Now, I, I'll even do this to take us into our main topic for the day, the topic for today. And the main topic for today is money. Wonderful topic, I know. However, let's talk about Fauci and money, because this is also part of the process of what the other side is, rather than just glomming on to the bullshit that Fauci is actually throwing out there. Of trying to find other things that don't need to be found and aren't there okay so let's talk about money here for a second and i have a list (laughs) he's come done his homework he's done his homework he's come to the class
1: with stuff done
0: (laughs) okay a member of Congress depending on what's where you are whether or not you're a you know minority leader majority leader or speaker or whatever or just a basic average everyday congressman or senator you're going to make somewhere between hundred and seventy four and two hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year as a congressman from the US government okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay a Supreme Court justice makes about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year once again maybe a little bit more a little bit less depending on whether or not you're chief justice or something of that nature but right about there. A cabinet secretary makes about $196,000 a year. Okay? The vice president of the United States makes $230,000 a year. An ambassador... To one of the, you know, if you're the ambassador to Ugamboy or something of that nature, you're probably not going to make this much. But if you're the ambassador to France or or one of the larger, more populous countries, you're going to make about $210,000 a year. Okay. The president himself makes about $400,000 a year. Okay. Fauci's salary for 2020 was $434,312, which makes him the highest paid Federal employee out there. Okay. Now I may not agree with that, but I don't really begrudge uh, uh, him that because that's what salary they chose to pay him. The problem is, is that what you've got is a lot of senators out there, and we all saw it on TV. It was the guy that Fauci called a moron who wanted to freak out about where else Fauci's money is coming from, because you know. He is supposedly about a has about a value of about 10 million dollars. And they did get his uh, financial records. And as much as they wanted to talk about how hard it was to get his financial records, they said that all they had to do was ask for it. And they had to do more than ask for it. They had to send a strongly
1: worded letter. Those bastards. Exactly.
0: Uh, And then when they got the information back, the, uh, the New York Post wanted to write a nice long article about what a wealthy piece of shit Fauci is. Unfortunately, Fauci has actually done exactly what you would hope a public servant would do with his money, in which case it is invested, but it's invested in mutual funds and things that he does not have the ability to decide where his money does and doesn't go so and as much as people want to go Fauci owns most of pfizer and moderna he doesn't doesn't own any pfizer and moderna from what at least what the the news article that was trying to vilify him would say so i would assume that if he did they'd have gone nuts and loved every moment of it but they didn't say a word about that so Fauci is doing exactly what he should be money-wise Unfortunately, the guy's still full of shit. So with all of that said, why are they going after him money-wise when they have all of the emails about all the bullshit he pulled through all of this and all the funding that he managed to give over to places like uh, Wuhan, China? Instead, they're looking at him for money. And I have a theory on this one. Because everybody's starting to look at Congress as far as how they're making their money. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and God knows you don't want them doing that if you're in Congress.
0: Well, it's become increasingly clear that if you start looking at the purchase habits of Congress people now, and then we are talking about people who are investing specifically in specific companies versus in things like mutual funds, um, hedge funds, and and things of the nature, uh, you will start finding out that people like Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer... Uh, who's the major, who's the minority leader in the Senate? Why am I drawing a blank on his name? The goofy-looking guy with the weird chin. Um, McConnell. Um, and it's so. It, my point is, it's going on in both sides. What you're starting to see is you, and you can see patterns. And when you start looking at the different things that these people have purchased, there is no way in hell that they're not influencing the market for themselves.
1: Oh, I think it's even worse than that. <laughs> It's it's not like that's just like the tip, you know, just the tip. Uh, It's to me, first of all, the reason they're really not going after Fauci is because they're going to have to go down with him. uh, Because all of them were complicit in in how we got here, quite honestly, in the minute he starts pointing fingers uh, at who did what and who didn't stop who and who didn't. Look at any of the reports he was filing or who just rubber stamped the approval for you know the money that we were sending to the Wuhan lab as far as funding goes or any, any of that stuff. It would be a ginormous mess, and all of them would be implicated, and they don't want that. Um, and even if it wasn't all of them, it would be a significant portion of whatever party is going after him, and it would be bad for the party, which – Honestly, that's why you don't see these Congress, you know, people in Congress and people in these types of jobs go to prison. The, because and the reason they're going after it and making all these theatrics is because they're not going to make anything stick. Because the minute they do, the, the the righteous hand of justice is going to come right after them. So they can't make a, a. I don't
0: think. See, and the worst part of it is, is I don't think the righteous hand of justice. Will come after them, and I think there's a re there's there's a prime example right now that has just been finished that shows exactly that the righteous hand of justice will never come for these people.
1: Epstein? Exactly. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, figured that's no, where you were going.
0: Nobody with. nobody's barely even talking about the fact that they just found the email or the uh, communications. I don't know if specifically they were email between Alan Dershowitz and President Trump, where Dershowitz was. Begging for a preemptive pardon for Epstein.
1: I mean, it's. And make no mistake, Mrs. Epstein's going to have an accident in jail as well. <laughs> I oh had no. a
0: bad experience.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this dude got dogs. I, I don't do dogs, man. I had a real bad experience. Um, she's she's going to have, like, an accident in the lady shower or something, and it's going to, you know. She's gonna come down with an accidental case of death. Um, it that's that's the way conspi that's the way a conspiracy works. <laughs> Still got the shovel. Still got the shovel. I mean, that's that's really what you're looking at here. I mean, it would implicate so many people, so many powerful people that you can't let her live. She'll get a year, eighteen months, maybe, and she'll just quietly die. No one will cover it. Um. That's that's pretty much what they'll 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 shut her up until then. And then they'll quietly figure out how to get rid of her. Um,
0: (laughs) And Hillary will be off in the corner, off in the corner going, who,
1: me? Oh, what, President Clinton? Yeah, she'll be right back there because already she's already pushing towards towards the Hill again. Again, fourth time's the charm, I'm sure. But she's already pushing um, because she realizes Biden's a weak presidency. So I I don't know how the hell they're going to get around Ka- Kamala Harris cuz you know you don't <laughs> you don't rip the first black female vice president out of office without offering her something but Hillary's already poised to run. This this is this is business as usual for these guys. They make a big song and dance. Nothing really happens. No one gets blamed. They we're the one who pays the bills and gets stuck with it. As far as the consequences and they go, oh, it was all their fault. And they point to some, you know, other either kind of nebulous group of people or somebody who who got caught out in the wrong place and was low enough on the totem pole that they can make an example of them. That's it. That's how this works. That's how we've designed our government to get out of trouble. And that's what they're going to do. We watch.
0: I'm now picturing Michael J. Fox, the American president, going, hey, it's the guy in my position who ends up doing a year in uh, Danbury state federal (laughs) prison.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's like you're the designated scapegoat, Steve. (laughs) I mean, that's that's what happens. That's how they do these things. So. Um, The reason I don't care about, you know, what Fauci did or or what he didn't do or what, you know, how he's going to get caught is because I know he's not going to get caught. They're not going to care because they can't they can't actually start enforcing the rules for somebody when they don't enforce the rules for anybody else. The only time that that happens is when the American public gets so pissed off, we're ready to burn the sandbox down. And then they'll 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 find somebody point to him, and say he did it, right? Um, you know, a famous example is the Iran Contra hearings.
0: You <laughs> where it's like, <laughs> are you talking about good old Ollie North?
1: Oh, Uncle Ollie, man, he would. <laughs> you're like, really? This is who, th- this is who you're offering up? Okay, sure. Um, they didn't even go for a general, a lieutenant no. colonel. <laughs> lieutenant colonel it's like really this this was this is satan is it this this is the guy okay sure um had operational command over how much <laughs> like what okay um they they do this i this is this is how our government works now this is how we've trained them that we will find it acceptable this is this is what they've come to the conclusion to, and apparently they're correct because they they do it all the time and they get away with it. Well, I mean, not um, only that, you've
0: actually got people left over from the uh, the Nixon administration looking around, going, "Shit, what we did was tame compared to this."
1: Yeah, exactly. They did it in front of the public and then said, "You didn't see anything. <laughs> you did that." No, I didn't. <laughs> well, we all saw you. Uh, you you're you're misrepresenting the Fed. That's misinformation. What? I literally saw you. Now, you, you know what you think not, you saw.
0: And not only is it misinformation, but we're now going to take away every place that you might actually have in which that you can say it.
1: Exactly. Because that is okay. my personal truth. <laughs> and they get away with that shit. So I I have zero faith in the American uh, uh, legislative and executive systems. Like none. Absolutely none. Um. They are as corrupt as they are moronic.
0: Well, speaking about the legislative systems, in keeping with our conversation at the moment with regards to COVID, uh, did you hear the uh, Supreme Court responses to the vaccine mandates?
1: Oh, I did indeed.
0: Okay. So it's really kind of interesting that the Supreme Court, the place that they said was going to go, oh, my God, the conservatives on the Supreme Court are going to ruin democracy. Have actually done exactly what the Constitution says, which said we're not even saying whether or not the vaccine mandates are constitutional. What we're saying is this is you're setting this up as though it's a law and it should come from Congress. Right. Oh, my God, they're destroying the fabric of our nation.
1: How? (laughs) You know, what they actually said was, oh, should doesn't have that power <laughs> or <laughs> they've never or, used it
0: before or even looked at the other branches of government and said, do your job.
1: Yeah. Uh, so they, they didn't, like you're saying, they didn't actually really even tell them, no, that you can't do a vaccine mandate. What they told them is you can't do it the way you did it. You know, I, I mean, it's as close to no, try again as, <laughs> as you could possibly get. I honestly, I honestly thought that the reason they that the Biden administration did it the way they did it is just so they could get it done. And they didn't actually think he'd go to the Supreme Court. Because the, when they came into presence, you remember what a collective sigh of relief uh, the American media and public had when when Orange Man got got gone. Um, he could do no wrong. Well, it, but
0: see, that's kind of the problem that we're dealing with at the moment we everybody looked at uh orange man going away and said we're back to normal what they didn't expect was that the administration now would actually basically look at the and go not only are we not going to fix what orange man did but we're going to double down on the
1: bullshit yeah yeah, and they uh, had
0: every opportunity to stand back and point every finger at at Orange Man and say, "This is fucked up. This is his fault. This is why we're going to try something different."
1: But if you follow what the the Democratic Party is really about, anyway, and what their what their modern goals are, this is this is textbook
0: oh, what I, they're doing I, right I, here. I, and I won't even give you know, the Democratic Party, the benefit of the doubt on that one, I would say, or I'll rephrase, the Republican Party, the benefit of the doubt on it, it's coming from both
1: sides. Oh, absolutely. No, the Republican Party isn't better. All right. That's not, they're just slightly different. Uh, they're, they're, both of them have law, as far as I'm concerned, both parties have lost all connection to what is a uh, popular with the people, uh, be important to the people, or C germane to any uh, uh, modern everyday life for the citizens which inhabit their country outside of Washington, DC.
0: Or even just the constituents of their own district. And the worst part about it is the couple of people that you do out have out there who are looking towards the constituents of their own district and what they want are being vilified.
1: Oh yeah, because that's not how you how you rule. And the
0: and the worst know? part about it is is that once again you even have people like Joe Manchin who, as much as people want to vilify him for not allowing the president to do his agenda, um, he's actually not saying that. What he's saying is we shouldn't be doing these large trillion dollar bills. What we should be doing is, is voting on each of these in and of themselves because some of the things in this bill are worthwhile and some of them are not.
1: What's, what's hysterical to me is they took easy wins, easy wins, right? Uh, that they could have, that the democratic party could have had and could have taken and, and just, Notched under their belt. Right. Uh,
0: take, For example, the the fifteen dollar minimum wage that would have passed in a landslide if they had just done that bill on its own.
1: Yeah, they'd have been fine. Uh, The continuation of the tax credit, even though I didn't get it, uh, (laughs) largely popular. Okay, largely popular with with the majority of Americans, even I who did not qualify for it, say, uh, yeah, it's important to a lot of people, and it would help a lot of, of parents struggling to get things going and get things headed in the right direction uh, because, generally speaking, the American economic system doesn't give a crap about parents right? and, and, and child support and all that um, or, or the supporting of an American family. Um, would have passed in a landslide, but absolutely fine. Um, child daycare. Stuff, uh, you know, the the child daycare programs that they were talking about for uh, working families and everything to try and fund uh, child daycare, wildly popular. Um, junior college, you know, free junior college, you know, uh, trying to figure out how that might go. Just even green light in it, saying form a committee, figure out how we need to do this so that we can get that program going. They couldn't even get that far, right? They couldn't because- even say. We think this is a good idea. We're going to vote to consider it or, or vote to, to have a plan together by next year or two years from now or whatever. Well, I
0: mean, cause wildly Because they did was try popular. to pack all of it into one giant bill and cram it down everyone's throat. And then right. get pissed when people did, looked at even parts of this and said, have you seen part of this shit? Exactly. <laughs> or, or even what else is in this shit?
1: Yeah, the social bills were easy wins. The the social programs that they were talking about that, which uh, honestly are largely democratically driven, and I uh, largely agree with, I think all of those things would have been fantastic additions to the American economy and helped uh, people and families kind of get their feet under them when, you know, especially new kids, and it hits all the high points, right? New kids starting out, trying to go to school, trying to figure out what the hell's going on in a, in a landscape and put... Junior college and and technical schools, or, or vocational schools, in there and say, look, you want to be trained to be a plumber, you wanna you wanna to train to, to be an AC and repair guy, auto work, you know, uh, industrial work. Um, you want to get a, a general business degree, go, you know, be free, learn how to do this stuff, and become a productive member of society instead of living in your parents' basement. Um, you know, child care. Uh, You know, uh, minimum wage. This is all stuff that will help the American economy, not only now, but in the long run. These are wildly popular ideas that have 80, 90 percent approval ratings in every state. North, south, blue, red doesn't matter. And this is the stuff they throw in the garbage can? Seriously? Well, I tell you what. A
0: year ago, I would have staunchly referred to myself as a conservative. No question under the sun, right of center. Here comes the thing. I, you know, it even happened to some extent with uh, YEPX making us go through the World Happiness Report and figuring sure. out about a lot of the stuff. That we did. I have every capability of being a liberal. With that said, my problem is, is I don't trust our government to do it.
1: I, uh, I think you could do some very simple things. And make, but, but that's what make I don't, shit better.
0: But that's what I don't trust our government to do.
1: Well, I don't trust our government to do anything except be corrupt and take our money and rights. So, e- I mean, e- there's... E-
0: exactly. That's, there's, that's kind of where nothing, I'm going with
1: this. But it doesn't mean that I don't want them to try and do something, you know, because we have to try and do something. Because right now what we're doing isn't working. So let's try something else. I don't know. Listening to the people and what <gasps> they want. Um. Yeah, I know we haven't tried that one before, but uh, let's let's try something new. Uh, it's it, but you take these these small win like every one of those would have been a tremendous win for for not only the country but their their programs, their party, their administration it would have been huge wins that they could point to and go, "Hey, we did this for you." Yeah, we screwed up on some stuff, and we haven't got this pandemic thing done yet. But we're working on this, and we're coming from every angle that we find that we can make some headway in. And this is what we did: we gave you minimum wage increases. We're working on uh, economic stimulus for uh, college kids and trying to get them uh, educated in in a uh, easy manner or in a uh, affordable how about, how manner, about just an effective manner. Yeah, effective and affordable manner. You know. Um, and This is the part that kills me. Right. This is the f- the funniest one of all. Biden ran on his play. If you remember Biden, one of Biden's platforms that he ran on was student debt forgiveness. Now, unbeknownst to many people, he doesn't actually have to ask Congress for that. He can just do it. That is something he can write a mandate for, because. Most ninety something percent of the federal student loans are, are all in his purview. That's all; they're all federal loans. They're guaranteed by the government, so he could write that down. He could say, "Here's ten thousand dollars off, or here's fifty percent off, or here's uh, all of it off. You know, whatever." That is within his purview. He can write that check. So just sign it today. Bang! Here it is: ten thousand, fifteen thousand. Down on your student debt, this much percentage down on your student debt. That is totally within the president's purview. And he backed off of it. And he restarted the student debt program. Orange man stopped it and he restarted it. So I I mean, like, what are you doing? Like, that was your platform. You've just tossed the progressives in the garbage. <laughs> You, know, you you tossed all the. I mean, forget the liberals. You you tossed the progressive. That was your platform. Those were your your people. You just threw them in the garbage, man. So I, I don't know what they're thinking. I, I don't really know if don't know they are. I, well, clearly something's going on. Um, it's like they're doing everything in their power to pave the way for the Republicans next time.
0: I, I'll take that in a different fashion. What I think they're doing is is just writing all this shit off and saying, okay, at the moment we're fucked. Uh, let's look to the future. Let's start giving Pete Buttigieg as much money as we can and pretending like we're not.
1: You and, and of all the people they could have picked, you picked Pete? I mean seriously,
0: the amount of dark money that he is getting at the moment is staggering.
1: Oh, I know. I've I've heard all about it. You know, uh, many of the the uh, uh, outlets that I've I've been are just like, why him? Like, what do they think he's gonna do? Is he gonna run against the sitting president? And I uh, and then I, yeah. <laughs> Hillary <laughs> Pete. Oh man. And you know, and and Hillary Darth Hillary has been around in in American politics for so long that she's almost and and she's evil let's just be clear okay she she is a a sith lord okay she's not even a sith witch she's a sith lord she's been around so long and screwing people over so many times that she's almost become respectable now i mean they they look at her and go <laughs> that's how that's how you do it right there <laughs> that's style well, and it and it's
0: and it's really kind of funny that as many people around her who have died, who had anything bad to say about her, it's actually reached a point where if it only been like one or two people, it still would have seemed like reasonable. But it's happened so many times that people are just going, no, nah, I can't be that.
1: Oh, no, no, no. I can't. <laughs> it's, how many? No, that's got to be a coincidence. It's, it's like one of those weird numbers things, right?
0: <laughs> well, it's even kind of like, well, I mean, she couldn't obviously take care of that many people. I mean, obviously she couldn't get away with it, right?
1: Her husband got impeached and stayed in office. Run that through your head a couple of times.
0: Oh. <laughs> the man got impeached for a blowjob. I mean, really?
1: <laughs> that was the 90s, man. <laughs> and she came and it, out of it smelling like a rose. Okay.
0: And even to quote... Uh, Uh, robin williams he got a blowjob from a jewish girl and they impeached him for it
1: (laughs) (laughs) i can't remember what comedian said it but he was like you know how many president sitting presidents have gotten a blowjob in the oval office all of them (laughs) he's just the only one dumb enough to get caught uh and that's that's really kind of where it happens you know i i i just don't understand Truly, I don't understand where this administration – it's clear that they feel that they can lie to us just bold and outright and we're too dumb to figure it out because apparently, largely, we are. They wave a bunch of facts that they have have very carefully selected in our face. They make us disagree with each other so much that that normal kind of free-thinking people are afraid to say anything because they just don't want to have the argument. And and it's it's working so well that they've basically paralyzed the American people where we refuse to think.
0: Well, you refuse to think because you're vilified for having
1: any opinion at all. Hence the paralyzation. I mean, that's that's what they're they're afraid to to speak out. And this is really how that works. Um, because of all the tribalism, because of all the the social media, you know, we're going to come for you type things, and they're afraid of being argued with, or having discourse, or or really expressing any kind of opinion that isn't, you know, doesn't come from state TV. I, I do find it funny that during the presidency of of Orange Man, Fox was basically state TV. During the Biden administration. It's clearly MSNBC okay <laughs> clearly um, and I just look at it and go oh wow this is this is really how they're trying to control it. I mean CNN has lost so much uh, not only viewership but clout and um, if they had any, Before It's gone now, respectability with the whole Como thing. And I think they've lost three major anchors in the last two weeks or three weeks or something like that. I mean, it's just embarrassing. Uh, And they've lost – I saw something the other day that said they lost 90% of the 24 through 35 age bracket. Well, yeah, they're all watching MSNBC. Right. They're watching state TV.
0: And the boomers are all watching Fox News.
1: And I just – I'm like – just stop, stop with the main. They don't watch mainstream media. When like the it, they're man, lying. When the
0: Orange Man was in office, it was funny because what I tell people is I hate watch. I hate turning on mainstream news because if you turn on one, you or well, let's just say it. If you turn on Fox News, you have your a day. Your life is better today than it was yesterday, and it's all because of the Orange Man. If you turn on MSNBC, it's your life sucks today more than it did yesterday, and it's all because of the Orange Man you still have the same shit going on it's just because it's now uncle joe and who's telling you which one is flip-flopped
1: yeah oh yeah no that's that's exactly what it is and and the cnn is just so far gone and it's too late never mind about them it's like don't believe anything they say it's all wrong and none of it's verified anyway so just just don't bother but the other two are just as bad. It's just they're different in different ways. And it's, I wish people would quit going to them. And I wish people would get off of social media flame wars and really talk to people. Cause that's what it's going to take. Look at the facts, decide for yourself and then have an opinion. Well it also, and it may clash with other people.
0: That's okay. But that even kind of goes into one of the main reasons you and I decided to do this podcast. Reason number 1 was this is the conversation we were having prior to another anyway, podcast and we yeah. decided that we were just going to record it. Um the other part about it was to you know get people to talk. And that's and that really what it comes into I love that there is people out there listening to this who are Losing their ever-loving fucking minds at the moment. All I have to say is, please write in and say so. <laughs> no, it's seriously because yeah. I, no, I, I. be serious. I, I love the fact that people out that there are people out there who disagree with what we are. You and I are saying wholeheartedly. I want people to disagree with us. I want people to call us. And when I call us, obviously, well, I take that back. We do have one or two listeners that have my cell phone number. If they want to call me and tell me I'm an idiot, I know at least one of them will. Um. But at the same time, write us, tweet us, you know, email us, however you want to do it. If you want to tell us that you're wrong, you want to tell us that you disagree with us, you want to tell us that you do agree with us, I don't care. Communicate. That's what we're actually trying to do is trying to get the idea that, yes, it's okay for people to disagree with one another. It's okay for people to disagree vehemently with one another. It's okay to disagree enough that you want to be sitting there screaming at the other person. That's okay. It's a good thing.
1: You know, the other part that I think a lot of that's largely gotten lost is it's okay to not know the answer. It's okay. It's okay to say, I don't know what I'd do about that, or I don't know how I feel about that. I think these things, but I don't know what we should do about it. You know what? That's okay. And right now, the The modern narrative is that you must not only agree but agree with the solution or know what the solution is. And that's just not true. These are large and complex issues, and it's going to take all of us communicating together to figure them out. And when we do, there's a hundred answers that may be viable for any given solution for any given pr- issue. Well, so well, let's talk about those. Well, I'll give you the,
0: the other one that I wanted to throw out there today, because it actually goes very much into what you just said. It's something that I'm sitting here listening to um, and not really knowing the answer, because everything that I'm thinking about makes the problem worse, and it really keeps going on with our concept of money. They've been doing uh, uh, things on the in Congress right now, trying to decide who the next head of the Fed is going to be. And Elizabeth Warren was interviewing something. Now, it may have been the person that they're trying to offer up as the new Fed chairman or, as I said, the not as I said, but as the um, as if I understand it correctly, trying to uh, reconfirm the person who was Fed chairman previously. And I don't know if she was interviewing him or somebody else. But the question that came up was, was I found very, very interesting because it led me down a thought rabbit hole and what she was trying to do was to get whoever she was interviewing to agree to the fact that the only reason we have inflation right now is because of large monopoly companies realize that they can charge whatever the hell they want for things and therefore jacking up prices. It's so
1: not the reason we have inflation, right? It's not the only reason. It's,
0: it's not the only reason. But certain little questions came into the back of my head. And I'll start with question number one. Okay, let's say that she's correct, that large, evil, monopolistic corporations are jacking up prices. Does she and the rest of Congress not hold any responsibility for the fact that we no longer seem to have small businesses anymore after, I don't know, the past two years? That That's where that competition went?
1: Yeah, well, that's that's completely beside
0: the point okay <laughs> uh, no, I, but you know as i said that that's where the competition was that all she's complaining that all we have left are large monopolistic uh businesses that can charge whatever they want we don't have small businesses that can compete anymore and that's because we basically went on a two-year campaign to destroy small businesses in this country
1: that's pretty much how it went so
0: then comes part of the other thing we start talking about is we start talking about supply chains. Supply chains, uh, everybody's complaining that everything comes from China. Oh, darn. Nobody wants to consider the fact that you can't do business in this country at the moment and have your things manufactured in the U.S. and compete monetarily with things that are manufactured in China. And it comes down to little things like demanding higher wages. You know, you, if we, we can't pay people as little as they do in China. So things are going to cost more if they're manufactured in the United States. I think we should be manufacturing more things in the United States. I think that we should be able to pay people a $15 an hour minimum wage. I don't want to pay any more for it. And I'm stuck in that conductor.
1: Well, there's a couple of things. One, I find it hysterical to go back all the way. I find it hysterical that the they're quizzing the Fed on you know these these large companies being evil when the Fed itself is responsible for a lot of those companies gaining power since it or, or unbelievable uh, financial advantage since it's been dumping hordes of cash into these large companies and markets and making it wildly advantageous for larger companies to play the game and pretty much screwing the littler and smaller uh, medium-sized companies as well. Uh, and if you look at, like, right after, I don't know, 2008, 2009, when the Fed really started dumping money and making making uh, all of these interest rates and, and loans and stuff available to uh, large businesses, um, no wonder they took care of it. You know, no wonder they they progressed higher than they ever have. No wonder, you know, it's the Fed is complete, totally and completely complicit in the, you know, axis of evil of these large companies. So that's one uh, Two, um, I, I really don't think and this is just me going out on a limb. Um, competing with China right now um has so many levels of impossibilities uh to even open factories to get the permits and find places to open factories and uh have the raw components available to to produce items uh for major heavy uh manufacturing even even some light manufacturing in the united states is wildly difficult it is it is unbelievably uh, eye opening. I watched a documentary on it the other day on how difficult it is to actually start a factory in the United States. It's almost impossible and, and I, for and, certain fields.
0: And I know I kind of rambled through that, so my probably didn't communicate it very well. But that's kind of partially where I was going with this: is you have the people sitting up on the on the on Capitol Hill who are vilifying everyone else under the sun for the fact that these things are going on. And really, if they want to be promoting things manufactured in the United States, supply chains coming from the United States versus pl- places in East Asia, then these are the people with the power to pave the way.
1: Yeah, you could you can literally make it. Streamline it and make it easier for us to open up manufacturing, you know, for us to, to do that sort of thing and staff them with people, quality individuals who have been trained in, I don't know, free technical schools or, or state paid for technical schools that, that specialize in heavy machinery and, and manufacturing. You could start from, from start to finish and make uh, America a production country again. Very, very quickly.
0: But the other part that they'd have to do, which they don't want to do, is start gearing the tax breaks in that direction.
1: Yeah, and there's no way they're going to take that away from big tech and pharmaceuticals and uh, all the people that have it now and divert it to people who actually make something. There is no way. They would have to – not only that, they would have to re-engineer our import and export tariffs – and uh, buddy systems and backdoor deals that they've all arranged and you want to talk about Congress uh, revealing what they've actually been up to to circle back around you one of your original points earlier this cast. There is no way in God's green earth they are going to want that to happen. So there's there's no I, I don't even see a way other than just burning our our legislative and executive branch to the ground. Uh, metaphorically not literally um you know there <laughs> well, was somebody also, typing up an email
0: we can also go into the other topic about vilifying people who have other opinions to the point where they're now referring to them as domestic terrorism and creating task forces <laughs> to go and find them we could go down that road too
1: those it's been an eventful couple of weeks. members and school board meeting people you know um uh it, there's there's, there's not going to do that because to, to make us a production country again, they would have to gear us towards production, and nobody in the legislature, none of the ruling class actually wants that to happen. They want to pay lip service to it, and they want us to be angry about it, but they don't actually want to do anything um, because it's, it's not profitable for them. They've made their, you know, it's sort of like the end of a uh, uh, Italian job. I've already made my deal, you know. Um, it no imagination. It's it's not to the point, or it's not beneficial for them to change that because they would have to change everything. To your point, it would it, they would have to change everything from the labor that you're getting from it, the the um, the, I guess, viewpoint on what those labor jobs are like, oh, my God, blue collar jobs. That's terrible. You need to go to college and be an executive. You know, that's that's what we've been telling everybody for the last 50 to 75 years. Whereas now it's like hmm, we don't make anything anymore. <laughs> right. Um, that would have to be reclassified. And we would have to look at that as a different type of thing. We would have to reclassify American factories and heavy industry. Uh, we would have to restructure the tax break. We would have to restructure the pay scale. We would have to restructure where it goes. I mean, is the are these export goods that we're making? Are they import goods? What, what, what do we make? What are we replacing? And who buys them? Well, we and how much does we, that
0: cost? We can't even classify, reclassify how much oil we actually export versus keeping for ourselves.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, gas, gas was shooting up to 4 or $5 a gallon in some places before uh, Uncle Joe even said, you know what? We have a reserve. We should do that. And as soon as it went down a penny, he declared victory and moved on. So, I, I you know, it's it's not a, 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 a tangible thing that they could go and say or, or a realistic thing that they could go and say, yeah, this will work. Because they'd have to they'd have to reorganize it on such a huge level. Build back better should have been wild. Yeah. <laughs> should have been wildly different. I'm not saying that we don't need roads and streets and, and, and all that stuff, but you're not even addressing the problem. It's sort of like uh, in Moneyball. Yeah, what's the problem? Well, the problem is we're trying to know what's the problem. There's <laughs> there's rich teams and poor pe- teams. Fifty feet of crap, and then there's us, right? That's that's kind of where we're at. Like he's he's trying to prepare for the all these electric cars. We couldn't even even pl- even if he had the charging stations in most states across the country. If everyone plugged in their fucking car at night, the power grid would go down. We don't even have enough power to supply electric cars with viable transportation right now, much less. In 2025 or whatever the hell it, or 2035 or whatever it's supposed to be, they're, stopped to, they're supposed to stop making ICE cars, uh, internal combustion engine cars, and, and go towards hybrid and electric only. We don't have the infrastructure for that. We don't even have the power grid for that. Hell, They don't making... have
0: the power grid for everybody to turn their heat on in, in Dallas.
1: Yeah, in Texas, when it gets cold outside, we're in the 18th century, folks. <laughs> It's no heat, no light, no motor cars. Okay, <laughs> it's Gilligan's Island up in this bitch when it when it gets cold in Texas. Okay, um, I I we we don't have we don't have giant swaths of the this this whole plan figured out, and in order to address it, in my personal opinion, we need. Great leaders with great plans and the determination and and really the the charisma to walk us through this and say, hey, I've got a plan. It's going to fix this problem. Here's why I think it's going to work. and Here's why you need to walk with me on this, because X, let's get through this together. I believe in you. And maybe that makes a difference. Maybe it doesn't. But here's what I think we can accomplish together and lay it out for us. And it's something that might actually work. I just don't see that person right now. So and I wish I did. So
0: you're saying you do or don't have confidence in Hillary Buttigieg?
1: I don't. I just like I, I just threw up a little <laughs> bit in my mouth. You know?
0: well, then, then well, then we'll cut that part of the show off. And what I'll do is I'll reiterate the fact that if you're one of the few people listening to this podcast, especially if you're one of the people screaming at your phone that you're that we're idiots.
1: First of all, thank you.
0: Exactly. Thank you for listening. Thank you for screaming at us. Uh, We're hoping that you'll write in to talk to us. Uh, You'll find the email address as well as our Twitter handle and getter handle uh, on the description of the show. Please. Oh, we got a getter. Yes, we have a getter now, too.
1: Oh, we are eye Though,
0: though, I did get a lecture from Yepics on that one. Um,
1: <laughs> That's when, all right. Hawkeye's got to get her too.
0: <laughs> so let, let's let's move off to a little bit more of a happy notion, which is our media recommendations of the week. Would you like to go first?
1: I would, and thankfully, it has absolutely nothing to do with politics.
0: Perfect. Not even as
1: mine. Not, not even in a, a a slight way. Um, I have been completely engrossed. I made my wife watch it, and she's addicted to it now too. Um, on Paramount Plus, uh, there's a show called 1883, and it is a quote unquote prequel to Yellowstone, uh, which is a show that they also have on there. But 1883. Have, have,
0: have, you, have you watched Yellowstone? Yellowstone? Oh, of course I have. Okay. So so. I love you. Fuck you. I'll see you later. (laughs) Uh, That's
1: pretty accurate. The 1883 is fantastic. It is uh, uh, really uh, – it's funny – that two people can watch it and get so many different things out of it. Shannon watches it and she's just enthralled with the idea of the American West. And the, uh, it's about a group of German immigrants, uh, led by some Americans, pioneers moving West from Fort Worth to Oregon. And, uh, in of course, 1883, and uh it's the whole covered wagon thing and it stars a girl who I swear to Crom looks just like Katniss Everdeen only with blonde hair. She looks just like Jennifer Lawrence with freckles. Uh, a young younger Jennifer Lawrence. She is uh, I swear she does. Anyway, um it is Brutal and honest and just a fantastic picture of what it was must have actually been like to migrate from what is semi-tamed. Hell's Half Acre is the what used to what Fort Worth, which is, I don't know, 45 minutes south of me, um, actually was called. It was called Hell's Half Acre and it was terrible in every way. Um, There was like a murder Every day, <laughs> In Fort Worth. It was just not. So it's fun. it's like Chicago. Yeah, it was just not fun. It was it was kind of at the edge of of society. It's where the trains stopped, and these people are going to move past that into Comanche territory, into no man's land, into into this this you know American West, and um, I look at it and I was like, my God, I would have never made this trip. I would have never conceived this trip. This is this is horrifying. I mean, people die of awful, awful things, like left, right, and backwards. And that's just really kind of how it is uh, back then. And and my wife looks at it and looks at the romance of the West and how they're blazing a trail. And I'm like, you're a sick puppy. <laughs> Look, I, we have totally an opposite, you know, complete opposite views on how we view this experience. And I'm like, well, this is terrible. This is... This is why I'm never going to space, right? Because that's the next frontier. I was frontier. just thinking
0: of people pioneering towards Mars and Sean just going,
1: nope, nope. Uh-uh, not in. I'm out. <laughs> and what's funny is is I love spaceships. I love spaceships. I love the thought of other planets. I love you know, the, the thought of, of ships traversing and, and how fast they can go and, and the technology that powers them. I hate space. It's the same reason I love ships. I hate the ocean, like love ships. I'm, I'm fascinated with wind and sail and 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 steam power and nuclear powered ships and how navies work and everything like that. Hate the ocean. Don't want to go near it. Nope. That ocean will kill you. OK, space will kill you. I don't want to do that. The American West will kill you. All right. It is it is a terrible thing in every way. And I cannot believe anyone survived the crossing or the the. Pioneering after they got done. It is just a different cut of human being, and I realize I am not one of those. All right? Um, I'm much, much more comfortable with like a, a an apocalypse scenario where you just walk away, give me the fuel, yeah, and one no of, one, one dies. Of, one
0: of them's a choice; the other one's dealing with a situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you have a choice to pioneer if the apocalypse
0: comes you don't have
1: a choice yeah you're you're screwed and so is everyone else and i'm really kind of fine with that it's just when you when you're the one going i'm going to take my family we're going to pick up everything we own and go suffer for the rest of our lives <laughs> you know, like huh i would have gone a different way but that's just me i i think the show's fantastic it's on uh paramount plus or or uh, however you get it if you still have a uh does anybody even still have cable?
0: I don't know. I, I just talked my father out of it.
1: I I, I don't know. I, I, I only have apps. I, I cut the cord years ago, like two, three years ago, and I've not regretted it since. Um, the uh, it, it is fantastic in every way. I, I highly recommend watching it. It'll make you feel better about modern technology.
0: Well. I have two for today, one that I had planned for and one that just kind of popped up this weekend. So let's start with the one I planned for. My my recommendation this week is a novel. The novel is written by the author Christopher Moore, and it is called Lamb, The Gospel According to Biff, Christ's Childhood Pal.
1: (laughs) That sounds awesome.
0: Now, you have to admit that this is probably... The only other person that I've seen who's been willing to do a parody of the Bible has been the crew from Monty Python.
1: Which was brilliant, by the way.
0: Yes, and this is equally brilliant. I have not been a fan of... I don't of... know. The
1: life of Brian... Yeah, I guess the life of Brian counts. That's yeah. what I meant. Yeah, oh, okay. I mean, I, I thought you were going somewhere else. But the... the I don't know. Has there been any other... No, 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 no. no. Um. Oh, crap. Um. Mel Brooks did it, didn't he? In History of the World.
0: I'm talking about a, not just something that did, kind of does a little piece off to the side, which is, oh, wrong, which is I he see. did the last Supper. I'm talking about somebody who basically tackled the New Testament.
1: Oh that's that's tough yeah okay as a parody of all things
0: <laughs> <laughs> and actually managed to do it without being offensive to the Jesus character. Now don't get me wrong, there are surrounding characters that are really offensive but managed to treat the actual Jesus character well. (laughs) This is one of those books that you'll read or listen to, as we've talked before, Sean and I do most of our reading by listening, and we'll be laughing your cojones off, and people around you will be wondering why. And you won't be able to explain it to them, because if you haven't read the entire story, they're going to think, oh my God, this dickhead's being funny about religion, and no. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay he did he also did um oh crap he also uh, wrote a
0: book called fool which was a parody of
1: king lear yeah he also did shakespeare for squirrels if i'm not mistaken uh
0: that part i don't think i, I don't think i've read
1: Yeah. alan i think that one's a newer one but i know he did uh, serpent of venice and serpent of, well serpent of venice
0: is a is the sequel to fool
1: yeah yeah, I think I think Shakespeare for Squirrels is also in and,
0: there. And I think that's the sequel to Serpent Events. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Full is also a stunningly wonderful story. Uh, I have not been a fan of most of his other books. With that said, those two are absolute genius, and I highly recommend them. Even if you are a religious person, I promise you, you will find enjoyment out of Lamb. It is a wonderful story. You didn't like Bite Me? I liked Bite Me, uh, and I liked Bloodsucking Fiends, which was the one that came before that. After that, it really dropped off.
1: <laughs> See, I just, i somebody given me Bite Me, and I was like.
0: "Yeah." Well, I mean, the, the quote I'll give from Bite Me that I'm sure you absolutely loved that at the same time will make no meaning, have no meaning to anybody out of context was, haven't you ever wanted to fuck a Smurf?
1: I knew that's the one you were gonna pick. How did I know that's the one you were gonna pick? <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I just it was it was good. But yeah, he does he does some good stuff, but I didn't I I don't think I've read this one. in uh, fact I, I know I haven't.
0: Th- this was the first one I've read. A friend of mine years ago actually gave me a copy of it that is bound like a prayer book.
1: It's got tape and shit all over it.
0: No, I mean it's you know you know you know that that when you go to church, how the prayer books have that certain cover to them.
1: Oh no, I was thinking you were thinking like the dilapidated prayer books because nobody freaking no, replaces it, them. I
0: no, mean, because you get the same thing in synagogue as you do in uh, uh, in church. You get the, the the prayer books and they have that certain type of binding cover oh, yeah. to them. Mm-hmm. Well, this is oh, yeah. a copy of Lamb that is bound in that fashion. <laughs> So I cannot recommend this story to you more. I unfortunately can't give you any details of the story without spoiling how it goes. Please take the opportunity to read it. The other thing that I'm going to throw out there is something that popped up today that I'm going to throw to Sean because I know he is a fan of romantic comedy. And that is the show Wolf Like Me. Just kind of started up. It's on the Peacock Network, I believe. And it is, it's with Josh Gad and, oh, I'm drawing a blank on her name. The red-haired girl from uh, Wedding Crashers. The one that Uh, went after Vince Vaughn? I do not. You're faster at at internet searches than I am. Come on, John. Ilsa
1: Fisher? Ilsa Fisher, yes. There
0: you go. Uh, It is absolutely an adorable show. It is funny. And it has a as far as just the whole romantic comedy, always having to have a twist as to what keeps people apart. This one's pretty good.
1: You know, I don't have Peacock, but I did hear about this one and you're not the first person to recommend it. Mostly because Ilsa Fisher is absolutely adorable.
0: Uh, You know josh gad is is adorable too i mean let, let's just be
1: honest <laughs> he's pretty funny
0: josh gad trying to play a serious yet loving lovable single father works
1: <laughs> i uh i i might have to check that out that one's because you know i like the the romantic comedies and stuff It which doesn't sound like i should but i do i and, love romantic
0: and this comedies. one has a twist that i think you will appreciate
1: <laughs> I just rewatched the entire thing of *I Zombie* here recently during the pandemic and everything. I loved that show. It was so great. Oh, I
0: actually, I, I and I, the 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 young lady who played the main character in that one, I miss her.
1: She's oh, a actress. She was, she was actually really good. I mean, it was, uh, I think it was um, Rose McIver. I think
0: that's her. Yep.
1: I, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was her name. Anyway, she is amazing in that show. And I was, uh, and I loved the pale kind of emo goth makeup that she, they, she wound up wearing because she was a zombie. It was so freaking good. Um, it's just, it's just amazing. Um, just a fun, just a fun show not really serious or not, you know, it's not going to change your life or anything like that, but they had like, I don't know, five seasons of it. I think, yeah, I mean, it was ridiculous. Um, it, it was really it was one of those CW shows where it's just like popcorn. You just, you oh, just yeah, eat no. it.
0: Goofy is all hell.
1: Oh yeah. But uh I will check out Wolf like me. thats that uh, has that, that now made the list.
0: Anything else for uh this week?
1: Um d- uh, don't bother with the Eternals. It's it's not like we're it's it's a movie. Um you're not you're not going <laughs> to care.
0: Uh yeah, if you're looking for something that had some sort of uh, impact on the MCU, this wasn't it.
1: No, no, it's uh, I don't feel I wasted my two and a half hours, but uh, I did, I don't feel like I gained anything there either. It's not you know like mm, yeah, you could probably like I watched Hotel Transylvania uh, Transformania, like Hotel Transylvania four. Got more out of that than the internals. That's all I'm saying. Uh,
0: if 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 you're heartfelt into the MCU and you really really want something that has impact on the on that universe, just go watch Spider Man.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or if you're just in for a good time on the MCU universe, Hawkeye. Oh, absolutely. So, other than that, anything? Uh, no, I think I'm good. I've I've rambled and offended people enough today. Well,
0: uh, and if Sean has offended you,
1: please
0: write us in and tell us why. Um, We really want to hear this.
1: Better yet, write in and tell us how Sean has offended you, not if. (laughs) How, how Sean has offended you. Uh,
0: Thank you and have a good week.